Couch Wisdom. Couch Wisdom. Hey, this is Todd Burns from Red Bull Music Academy. Welcome to Couch Wisdom, Red Bull Radio's podcast presenting the best of RBMA's lecture archive. Mike Will made its unmistakable producer tag has graced some of pop and southern rap's most ubiquitous hits. The Atlanta-born beatmaker's journey began with a gift from his father, a Korg ES1 sampler, followed by his first break, producing for hometown hero Gucci Mane. Since then, he's founded the Ear Drummers Entertainment Company, home to rappers and producers, and helped maintain Atlanta's status as the unquestioned epicenter of modern-day hip-hop. The incomparable producer talked about all of this, and yes, his work with Beyonce and Miley Cyrus during his lecture at the 2016 Red Bull Music Academy. If you want to learn more about the Academy, please stay tuned after the lecture. For now, enjoy this bit of Couch Wisdom. Mike Will made it. What up, what up, what up, what up? So I really just wanted to start at the very beginning and like, you know, give people an idea of where you're coming from. You're originally from Marietta, Georgia. Yes, sir. So so tell me about Marietta. It's a it's like a suburb uh twenty minutes outside of Atlanta, right? Yeah. It's like um middle class, you know what I'm saying? Like you said, twenty minutes outside of Atlanta, suburb. Uh we never really had anybody successful out of the music side come out of there, you know what I'm saying? Um Couple people in the NBA, you know what I'm saying? And that's that's really about it. Who's that? Um, my boy JJ Hickson, um, Sharif Abdul Rahim. Who played for Vancouver. Yeah. Yeah. Um who else comes from Marietta that went to the NBA? I don't really that's all I really know for real. You know what I'm saying? So not a lot of music came out of there. Um no. how did you hear rap in the first place? Man. I think my first time hearing rap, my older sisters, I really, like, my older sisters were really, like, my musical sources. So, like, one of my sisters would listen to, like, a lot of rap music, but she was, like, in band class, like, in high school. Like, she she was, like, a drum major. So when the Olympics came to Atlanta in 96, like, she was a drum major in the Olympics. And then that's my older sister, but she listened to, like, all the rap music. Like, she had all the Goody Mob, all the, all the, like, Everything mystical, you know what I'm saying? Like everything back in the day. And then my other sister, she was like the opposite. She would just listen to all pop. So she would listen to like Alanis Morissette or the like R&B, you know what I'm saying? Like Tony Braxton, you know what I'm saying? Whitney Houston. And it was just like more, she was more melody driven and this sister was more like rhythm driven, you know what I'm saying? And I was just listening to it. So like I was more in, when I started getting into music, I started getting into like Tupac first, then, you know what I'm saying, then Biggie, and then like, it was like really like West Coast rap, like um, like um, West Side Connection, Ice Cube, you know what I'm saying, different stuff like that, like real hardcore stuff, and then like, of course I was like, I liked everything from the South, and then I started like, <clears throat> like really started getting into rap, and then like, like 3-6 Mafia, you know what I'm saying, Cash Money. Um, UGK, everybody from the South, like, I was just, you know what I'm saying, listening to Trick Daddy, uh, Pastor Troy, you know what I'm saying, everybody. What about in, from Atlanta? Yeah, I was, I was like, Pastor Troy, and then T.I. started, like, K 
killing shit. You know what I'm saying? Like Outcast. I already mentioned that my sister was listening to like Goody Mob, Dungeon Family, Outcast. So Outcast was like a given. And then um, from Atlanta, it was just like, man, T.I. T.I. was like my favorite rapper. Like everything T.I. was saying was law. So that's just everything I would listen to. And then then it was like um, Jeezy. Then after that, you know what I'm saying, Gucci. Then I met Gucci, and then me and Gucci started going in, and it was just like... Well, we're, we're going to get to that really deep. But I, I want to I take it back a little bit still. All right, for sure. So you, you grew up in a pretty musical household, right? Your, your parents were yeah. musical, right? Yeah, no, definitely. My mom, she sang in the choir with Dottie Peoples. So like, we would be on the road a lot, you know what I'm saying? And they would be doing like shows. And Dottie Peoples is like a, a big gospel singer, for those who don't know. And um, so, like, I would see that when I was, like, super young. And then my dad, like, he used to, like, DJ little parties and stuff, you know what I'm saying? And, like, so he had all the records in the house. So we had, like, this record player, and then he would, he would, he would like, buy a new, a new needle. And, I, you know what I'm saying, I, I would just see him, like, scratching and, like, playing records. So every time he would dip, I would just grab a record, put it on there, and try to scratch, and I will break the needle every time and then try to go high, you know what I'm saying? And then he'd be like, yo, how'd my needle get broke? I'm like, yo, I don't know. I was just I, I was just about to play it, you know what I'm saying? Word. But, um, yeah, so I would always, like, break his needles, you know what I'm saying? Because I thought it was just easy. I thought you could just put a record on here and just, and it was just real easy. But I, I found out that it wasn't. What kind of records was he playing? His favorite band was um, Earth, Wind & Fire. So I grew up like on Earth, Wind & Fire, like all the oldies, you know what I'm saying? Like, of course, Michael Jackson, um, the OJs. Um, uh, man, man, my pops used to put me on everything, sliding the, sliding the Rolling Stones. Like, it, man, like, he used to put me on everything, like just all the old music, Rick James, you name it. So you had this foundation for music at, in your home, but... Um you wanted to be an athlete. Yeah, yeah. Because off the rip, like, my sister, she played for, um, she played softball. So, like, I started off, first I started playing t-ball, then I started playing basketball, then I started playing football, like, towards, like, fifth grade, you know what I'm saying? And then I was just playing all three sports. And then it was this kid, I remember I was playing football, I was really into football, and they had me a linebacker because I just liked to hit. So it was this kid, he was bigger than everybody. He was really like two, three years older than us. And like, man, he just ran, like he was running, and I was like, yo, I'm about to make this hit, I'm about to make this hit, and he just trucked me. But I'm, I made the tackle, I was happy I made the tackle, but I couldn't move, you know what I'm saying? I had like a stinger in my back, you know what I'm saying? And they were like, if you move, you're going to get paralyzed or whatever, whatever, you just stay still. So I was like, okay, fuck football, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, then, and then like baseball, I was like, I, man, I was good at baseball. I was playing baseball my whole life. My sister played baseball and everything. But then like where you, it was always like t-ball and then it was always like the, the machine that would pitch first. So then when like the kids started pitching, I was like, okay, you know what I'm saying? It's going to be the same thing. Then I got hit with a pitch, like real hard in my back, you know what I'm saying? And it hurt, and it hurt for like weeks. So I was like, fuck baseball, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then like basketball, I never got, like I played basketball my whole life from like kindergarten on. So I just felt like I was like good at basketball, you know what I'm saying? I had a shot and everything. And then um, I, I went to this new high school and the, and the, and this is like around ninth grade is when I started doing like, we had like a group, like a local group, and like we started doing music. So we kind of had our little clique, and we're, we're like click tight. 
And the coach told us, I had just pulled my groin like AAU, you know what I'm saying? So then like I started trying out for the high school team. And I'm going through all this conditioning, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and everything. And he tells us during conditioning, like, I'm not picking off the skill of the player, I'm picking off the person. So if you're bad in school, you're not gonna you're not gonna make the team, da da da. So the guys I was hanging with, you know what I'm saying, they weren't they weren't the best, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> they weren't the best of guys. We were like doing music or whatnot. So I got cut from the ninth grade team, and I, that's my first time ever getting cut. So I said, "Fuck basketball," and I just and I just focused on music. So you, at that point, you ran out of sports to play. Pretty yeah, much. yeah um, it, was, it was like sports weren't really the thing anymore. There's no hockey over there. No, 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 no. Um, and then you focus more on music at this time. Yeah, definitely, man. So focus on music. So what made you first start making beats to begin with? Man, really, um, it was my homeboy, Fortune. Like, he used to always, like, just freestyle and rap and all that kind of stuff. So, like, he would battle different people at the school. And then I would, I would just love to hear him rap. So I, I used to just be making beats on the table. You know what I'm saying? Boom. With like the little pencil or whatever and, and you know what I'm saying Then he'll just be going crazy Like in the lunchroom Then he'll battle anybody And he'll just And we'll just be having The school going crazy And then me and him Were like yin and yang So we just stuck together So um Then my, my sister Like she was a drum major So she always And she played the clarinet too So she had this little Small like Casio keyboard In the house And then like the batteries Were falling out the back Or whatever And um It was like it was like that big. It was like it could fit on fit on my lap or whatnot. You know what I'm saying? And um, so like I would hear some certain things on the radio, and I would just go find the key, and then I'll just like play that. You know what I'm saying? Play it on the radio. I mean, play it on the keyboard like um, that big timer song that gave the booze with the pimp though. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just I was just playing that, and um, and then I I was playing like. Man, just different things on the keyboard, and then fortunate to just be freestyling right there, just freestyling. And then he told me like, "Man, bro, you need to make beats, man. Like, you need to, man. You, you ain't never thought about making beats. You need to start making beats. I'm a rap. You need to make beats." And I was like, "Nah, bro, I'm going to the NBA, bro. Like, I'm, I'm finna, <laughs> you know, what I'm saying I'm dead for real. I'm finna go to the league." And then he was like, "No, nah, I'm telling you, you should make beats." So my, another friend of the family, he was a he was a DJ, so he took me to um like the music store around the way. It would have been like Guitar Center now, the but Mars Music. Yeah, it's called Mars Music. It would have been like Guitar Center now, but like we went there, and then I'm asking the guy who works there. I'm like, yo, he showed me the MP, and I'm like, yo, how, like, how do I work this? And then he just showed me how to record, and then he made it loop. I'm like, all right, bet. So I was like, okay, if I don't like something, how do I delete it? He was like, man, just hit undo. I'm like, all right, bet. So then. You know, so I was in there messing around, and then I, I took that um, melody from Fabulous that um do 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 holla back young and yeah, yeah, I took that melody, and then I just made like a no limit beat around it. You know what I'm saying? With the snare rolls, like whatever drums they had programmed in the in the MP, I just you know what I'm saying? And then like they were like, "Yo, how long you been making beats?" I was like, "Yo, this is my first beat, like my first real beat." And they were like, "Man, shh, man, you, you like you should start making beats." And that was my second time hearing it, so I told my pops, "I was like, yo, I'm gonna start making beats, man." Ooh. And he was like, "Man, 
He was like, he was like, nah. He was like, man, you keep quitting everything. You quit baseball. You quit football. You know what I'm saying? You talking about quitting basketball. Now you, now you trying to make beats. Like, nah. And I was like, man, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I need to start making beats. And then he just surprised me with a beat machine like that Christmas. And then from there, I just taught myself how to make beats. How excited were you when you? What, what machine was it? It was like a Korg ES1. It was like a small little beat machine, and it had four lights on there. And you know what I'm saying? I never knew what the four lights meant because it never it was like one, two, three, four. So it was like one, and then two claps would go. Then it would be like two, and two claps would go. And then I, that's when I started teaching myself about bars. You know what I'm saying? Nobody taught me how to count bars. I was just watching like hip-hop DVDs and everybody saying like, yeah, man, I just spit a hot 16, a hot 12, you know what I'm saying, 24, da-da-da. And, and everything was like, the common denominator was four. At the end of the day, my dad made sure I paid attention in school, so I was good at math. So I was like, the common denominator is four. This thing has four lights. So I was like, yeah, okay. This, this is a 16, you know what I'm saying? This is a 12, this is an eight. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I started teaching myself like that and I was like, I'm like, okay, boom, this is bars, you know what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm thinking I'm teaching my homeboys, like, man, look, bro, you gotta put at least four bars in there, whatever, like, if it's the hook, the hook gotta be four to eight bars or 12 bars, like, however you do it, but it gotta be with fours, you know what I'm saying? And um, I just I just taught myself how to do that and then I just started putting my whole drum drum patterns together and um, one, of my, one of, like, the people that I looked up to, he had, like, this big... Tahoe truck sitting on like 26s with like 415s in the back and shit. So like I used to just make beats to go play in his car, you know what I'm saying? And I was like, man, hey bro, let's ride the Kroger right quick. Like that was like the grocery store around the corner. I was like, let's ride the Kroger right quick. And I put my new beat in and she just whamming, you know what I'm saying? Like it was just whamming. So like I never forget those days. So like when I'm making beats from then on or when I'm mixing somewhere Anything I'm thinking about that Tahoe truck, like yo, what the? How would it sound with me and Bezo just, you know, what I'm saying riding down the riding down the street, throwing this in with them four fifteens on them twenty sixes and shit. You know what I'm saying? So I, I never, I never want to forget that. And I, I don't know, it all, it all played a, it all played an important role. So, so you're starting to make some beats here. Yeah. You know, they're 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 playing in the Tahoe. Yeah. Um, but when was the first time you made a beat and someone actually rapped on it? Oh no, no, we had a group. It was called FAY. We had a group. It was like a local group. And we were in Cobb, like we were in Marietta. And um we were going to like all the local high school parties. And then um like man, we were just like we had like the buzz and like rest in peace to Shawty Low. But like Shawty Low and like the franchise boys, they were from Bankhead. So that's like right next to Marietta. You know what I'm saying? So they used to come to Marietta. And like perform in Marietta too, so like they would come to Marietta, and then like it, like we would pay to perform, even though we had like a crazy buzz in Marietta and Carl. Like the DJs were kind of hating on us, you know what I'm saying, for like whatever personal reasons, you know what I'm saying. So we we would go to them and just give them a hundred dollars, two hundred dollars. Like man, can we perform? We'll put all our money together, and then we'll have like a crazy buzz, you know what I'm saying. We, we just started getting like a crazy buzz, and like so my homeboys were rapping on the records first. And then one of my homeboys like was always like in and out of jail. So when he would go in and out of jail, I would fuck around and rap. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? And we were just messing around, but the group ended up not working out, you know what I'm saying? How we wanted to work out, how we wanted it to work out. Cause it was like we had a buzz on our side of town, but we couldn't get that buzz to like seep to the city or like, you know what I'm saying? Go where we wanted it to go. So, you know what I'm saying? This guy 
quit rapping. This guy, you know what I'm saying? These two guys were over here, and then boom, I, I was just like, man, I'm, I'm gonna keep making beats. And then, and then something amazing happened. Oh yeah. Um, and I, I have a song to play to represent this. So you've made some beats. But before that, before you oh. play that song, okay, I made I made some beats, and then one of the guys I was one of the guys I was in my group linked me with his homeboy. Um, that worked at a studio called Patchwork. Then I went down there and I was just playing beats for him. I just brought my whole multi-track recorder. I had bought this multi-track recorder. That was my Pro Tools at the time. I didn't even know what Pro Tools was. So I I was just recording everything on a multi-track recorder, which was incorrect. You know what I'm saying? Because I used to put guitar amp, like guitar like amps and, and stuff over my whole beats. So all my beats were sound fucked up. Like, you know what I'm saying? I didn't even know. I was just trying to figure out how to drive the bass. The, the most, you know what I'm saying? So, anyway, like, um, I was recording everything in there, so I brought my whole multi-track recorder to Patchwork, played it for, was playing beats for Blaze, playing beats, playing beats, playing beats, and then he told me, like, yo, man, Gucci Man's upstairs, you know what I'm saying? I was like, I'm like, for real? And I was already listening to his mixtapes, so I was like, all right. I'm like, man, you keep listening to these beats right quick. I'm going I'm to take this beat city upstairs. He was like, man, yeah, go up there. So I was like, all right, bet. So I took, I, I made a beat city, went upstairs, and I was just standing outside the studio. Then Gucci was just walking out. He walked out and went to the um, lounge, and I gave him a beat city, like, hey, bro, I made beats. He was like, all right, bet, I'm going to check them out. Then he went straight to the lounge and put them in the CD, CD player and then started playing them. And then I remember Fabo, Fabo had left his charger at the at the um studio. You know what I'm saying? So From D4L. He, yeah. So he he had he had heard he had went in the same lounge Gucci was in because he had just left his charger, and he had went in there and then him and Gucci was just freestyling on all my beats, and I was just like, damn. They was in the lounge. I was just like, man, I want to go in there, but I don't know these dudes like that, so I'm just gonna stay out here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then and then uh, I was just standing outside. I'm I'm just hearing them. And you know, Fabo loud, so. Fable was just like, oh, like just screaming, you know what I'm saying? And they they all in there freestyling. I'm like, damn. So I'm just standing outside. And then next thing you know, like um, Gucci came out. Fabo left. And I'm still standing out there. Then Gucci came out. And Gucci was like, yo, yo, ain't you, ain't you the little homie that, that had the beats? And I was like, yeah. He was like, come here right quick. And then he, he, he let me hear the song. He had wrote like a quick song to one of the beats, you know what I'm saying? He had wrote a song. But we never ended up using that song, but he was trying to buy the beat on the spot and everything. And um, from there, we just clicked up, and then we just, we exchanged numbers, and then we clicked up, and then we fell out of contact, and then me and Walker met on a whole nother note, and then he linked us back up. You know what I'm saying? I didn't even know Walker was related to him. They're cousins, right? That Yeah. But basically, basically, we're like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, everybody's like fam, you know what I'm saying? They're not real blood cousins, oh. but it's like... Pretty much, you know what I'm saying? Like, pretty much like cousins, yeah. So, I didn't even know that they were related, but me and Walker met on a whole nother note, and then he let me know, like, yo, Gucci, my cousin, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like I know Gucci. I was like, man, I know Gucci, and I showed him my phone. I showed him the numbers I had on Gucci. He was like, oh, you really do know Gucci? He was like, where you met him at? I said, Patchwork. He was like, oh, okay. Then we, we stayed in contact, and then he linked me and Gucci back up. And at that time, me and Walker were like, we, we, we became real close friends. 
Like and and like I was sleeping on his mama couch, he was sleeping on my mama couch, and we were just with each other every day. This before he was Walker Flocker the rapper, like you know what I'm saying? He was just Walker, like you know what I'm saying? This dude with the dreads that just believed in me as a producer. Like he didn't even hear one beat, but he was telling his mom, which is Aunt Dad, who was managing Gucci, like he was telling his mom, like, yo, man, this man Mike Wills, the hardest producer ever, but he never heard a snare. You know what I'm saying? And I was just like, man, yo, I appreciate that. And we just became real tight. And then he linked me back with Gucci. And then, so why would why did he do that? I have no clue. I have no clue. But like, change your life, man. For basically, you know what I'm saying, like for real. But it was like, I guess because he saw that I really knew Gucci, and and the way that we met, you know what I'm saying, like the way that we met. After after we overcame that, it was like it was the respect was mutual. You know what I'm saying? So he had a he had an another level of respect for me. I had a respect level for him. And then from there, he was just like we were just chopping it up on the phone. It, it was just organic. You know what I'm saying? Because the way we met, it could have went a whole another way. You know what I'm saying? But it didn't. You know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, it was just like I feel like man, God writes everything, man. So. We, um, we just, we just walk. I'm just walking in his in his footsteps. I'm just walking in his shadow. I'm just going. So, Walk a Flock of Flame links you back up with Gucci, and he proceeds to record a bunch of tracks to the Beat CD that you gave him. Nah, nah, not that Beat CD. A different one. Yeah, this was like a year later because he had got locked up, and then so Walker had linked us back up, and then when he put, he was like, "Hey yo." Hey, I got somebody. He called me. He was like, hey, yo, I got somebody who want to talk to you right quick. Boom, put Gucci on the phone. Gucci like, oh, man. Hey, man, I'm happy you linked up with my cousin, man. Hey, I need some of them beats, man. Ooh, let's get it. You know what I'm saying? So so then he called me from Walker's phone. He called me from Walker's phone like a couple of days later. I thought it was Walker. And he had called me like early in the morning. And he was like, yo, meet me at Patchwork at, at 3 o'clock. <laughs> I was like, all right, bet. Woke up, jumped out of bed. <laughs> Just making beats, just you know what I'm saying? Like, man, I'm with my homeboy. I'm like, man, I know he'll go crazy with this. I was just making the hardest beats, you know what I'm saying? And then, and then from there, I just, I just went, I went downtown, went to Patchwork. I was there on time. And then uh, he was like, man, you got some beats? I'm like, hell yeah. Played them, I played them in the lounge, and the beat was beating way too hard. Like I remember the, like, and Patchwork is a speaker that has like, you know how like the speakers have like the cover on it, like. If it beat, if something's beating too hard, the 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 cover just fall off the thing. And I remember that shit just fell off. I'm like, I'm like, hey, yeah, I used to love fucking, <laughs> I I used to love fucking equipment up. You know what I'm saying? At the studio, I was like, man, hell yeah. And then Gucci was like, he was like, man, you hard, bro. He was like, man, let's go to the studio. Then we went to the studio, and I was just playing beats. And then from there, he just was just rapping on all my beats. And in three days, we did 20 songs, and and that's how we came with like no pad, no pencil. You know what I'm saying? And all that kind of stuff. So um, I'd like to play a song from uh, No Pad, No Pencil. All right. And uh, I think it's very notable for another reason, and you'll see in a second. So this song is Star Status Freestyle by Gucci Mane. Hey there. At this point in the lecture, they played some music. Unfortunately, due to copyright reasons, we can't play that here. Yeah. I'm bummed too. Anyway, uh, enough from me. Let's go back to Couch Wisdom. So you make no pad, no pencil. That that song right there was actually on on the mixtape that dropped. Like this one, Gucci started going mixtape. Oh crazy. yeah, and that was on Guapaholics. Yeah, this was on Guapaholics. With, uh, Shorty Low. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But we did that song at the same time as we did all the songs on 
No pad, no pencil. So it was the same time, you know what I'm saying? But we just didn't put it on. We ended up not putting it on um, no pad, no pencil. But that song right there, that's where Mike Will Made It came from. Yes, exactly. If you if you listen, Mike Will Made It, Gucci Mane slayed it. Yeah. Uh, I, what was I, it like when you, when you first heard that? Man, I was sitting right there in the studio with him. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you how that whole day went. I was just, I came to the studio, I played some beats. He got on the first beat. He said, hey, man, let's go to the lounge and let's listen to it right quick, man. And then boom, you know what I'm saying? He'll, he'll go in there and smoke like five blunts. We'll listen to what he just did. He just freestyled on one beat. Boom, we'll listen to what he just did. And you're like, man, hey, pull up the next mic, Will. Boom, by the time he finished the last blunt, boom, he's back in there. He don't even want to hear the beat. He goes straight in, freestyle on the next one. Hey, let's go listen to it right quick. Then boom, same thing. We were doing that shit all day. And then like it's like all through the all through the intro. Like if you hear underneath, like on that song, if you hear underneath what the DJ, what the DJ was saying, like he shot me out all through the intro. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just, I'm in the room. I'm only like 16, 7, no, I'm only like 17, 18 at the time. So I'm just like, damn. Like this man Gucci just in here just shout me out, bro. Like Mike Will on this beat right there, buddy. Straight celebrity, baby. I shout him out every time. You know what I'm saying? And that's how he come in his verse. And then, and then like, in his verse, he say, Mike Will made it. Gucci Man slayed it. Star said this nigga, everybody upgraded. I'm like, damn, bro. This man just shot me out. That's hard. So I never knew what we were going to do with any of these songs. I was just riding around. Me and my homeboys, this was just our, this was our theme music that we were riding around to. But I never knew that it was going to come out. So then when it came out on Guapaholics mixtape, after that, everybody in the streets was just running up to me like, yo, Mike Will made it. Because before then, it was just Mike Will. And then after that, it was just like, yo, Mike Will made it. Mike Will made it. Mike Will made it. And I was just like, all right, well, shit, I'm, I'm going to run with Mike Will made it then. You know what I'm saying? What? <laughs> and, and then you had the drop, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Then, then like, um, I was working with my homegirl. It's like my sister, Haisha. And she's like a songwriter, you know what I'm saying, an artist or whatnot. And we were just in the studio, and, I, and she just had like a dope voice. And I was just like, yo, Haisha. I'm like, man, can you please just, I need like a tag or something. Because I got all these songs out with Gucci, with OJ the Juice Man, with Shawty Low, with Soldier Boy, with, you know what I'm saying, 2 Chains, all these people. But nobody knows how to like point it back to me. Like they don't know who's doing it. At this time, I was just, I was like a, I was like a young kid in the game, just trying to get in the game. But at this time, like Shawty Red, uh, Fat Boy, um, KO, like all those producers were like running the game. You know what I'm saying? They were running Atlanta. So, and Zaytoven, all of them were running the game. So it was like, nobody really knew, like, okay, Mike Wills making those beats. Nobody knew how to. So I was like, okay, man, I need to find a way for, for people to like go back to like, okay, okay, this song is coming from him. This song is coming from him. Just like I knew every song that was coming from Shotty Red or Fat Boy or like, you know what I'm saying, Zaytoven. So like, I was like, all right, cool. And I was the youngest of them all. So I was like, Yo, Haitian man, can you just say Mike Will made it? And I was like, nah, more whisper. Nah, nah, like this. Oh, that might be it. And then we put hella effects on it, and then I just held it because I never liked it because it was just, it sounded, because at first it was like Mike Will made it, and it just sounded like a like a McDonald's commercial. Like it was just, it was just like too, it was too like, you know what I'm saying? So I was just like, man, I don't know, I just held it for so long. And then I pulled it back up one day. I was in the basement with one of my homeboys. I pulled it back up one day. I was like, man, I need a tag. And I was like, man, hey, shit, I did this. And then we listened back to it. And then we, I just kept throwing effects on it. And then I put the verify on um, 
on the made it part. So I was like, Mike will made it. And I was like, yo, this shit sound hard. And then I found my pocket, and it was that was it ever since. What, what was the first beat that you put that drop on? If if you can remember that. Man, probably some real hood shit. <laughs> for real. <laughs> it was probably like a beat that I made like a thousand bucks for that never left the neighborhood. But um as far as um some shit that's been heard, it's probably probably like it was probably like two chains or or um future would be like a song that I put it on that people have heard. You know like what I'm dirty sprayed? My, it was like around that time It was like Dirty Sprite But it might have been No, 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 no It was like 2 chains was first It was like um, Was it on Kill the Parking Lot? It might have been No, 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 no That was still That was still That was still uh, um, No, that was another tag It was a different it, tag, yeah Yeah, um, no, it was It was 2 chains for short I think it was 24-7, 365 Or either it was um, Going Through It By 2 chains, And um that was the first time Yeah It was on going through About two chains Cause that's how When I met Esco At Magic City I told Esco I said yo I'm about to go hard On this production I'm about to go on the run I'm about to just Link up with everybody I got a new sound bro I got a production team And you know what I'm saying I got my business together So like I'm about to go hard bro You know what I'm saying I just need you to break These records And he was like Man I'm with it As long as you work With my artist And I was like Who's your artist He was like Man Future I was like, who, man, who is Future? What, what, what song does he have right now? And then he was like, man, he got that um that Mexico lingo, and he got that Watch This. I'm like, man, oh, easy call, man, Watch This. That's my favorite song. I was trying to figure out who sang the song anyway, because at that time, Watch This and Mexico lingo were like going dumb in the strip club, and I was in the strip club every night, so I was like, man. Well, just I, for people who don't know, the, the strip club culture in Atlanta it's oh, really yeah. big to the music culture, like Magic City. Yeah, definitely. If 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 your song go in the strip club and they go in the teen club, I know it's like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, like night and day. But if it's like the strip club and the teen club, if it goes in those two places, the song is gone. That's just always how Atlanta went. So I was like 20, 21 at the time, 22 you know what I'm saying? So I was like right there at the cuss, so I could still go to the to the teen club and be like the big homie, and then I'll go to the strip club and be like the young kid that might not have an ID that can get in, or you know what I'm saying? Or just the young kid that was just in there. So I was just going to both and just rocking with the DJs, you know what I'm saying? And then like so I went to the strip club, talked to Esco, and then Esco wanted me to work with Future, and then I was like, Oh yeah, that's an easy car, like that's an easy car, like um man, that that um that watch this. That's my favorite song right now. Period. Like I ain't. There's nothing fucking with that. Like that dude, he's gonna be the shit. You know what I'm saying? So we got in the studio. Then Dirty Sprite. I put my tag on on Dirty Sprite. And then um, but Esco already knew who I was because Esco was like, "Yo, you made that going through it for two chains." But he had heard the tag. You know what I'm saying? So that's when everything started making making sense. And then you know, around this time, post Gucci Mane, you're making a lot of beats for Atlanta producers and stuff. You know, you're 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 doing a lot of numbers, but you also are going to school at the same time, right? Yeah, I was going to Georgia State. Yeah, so you're you're going to college, but you have like some of the hottest tracks coming out of the city at the same time. Were people like not believing you when you'd be like a car would go by and it's like your beat? 
You know, like man, listen I was, to the tag. I was just trying to stay out the way, so <laughs> I I wasn't even wanting them to believe me. I was going to Georgia State. I wasn't talking. I wasn't talking just to not one kid at Georgia State. You know what I'm saying? I, I wasn't. I wasn't trying to be the man on campus. I was going to school because my sister graduated. All, both of my sisters graduated college. You know what I'm saying? And one of my sisters made nothing less than a B all the way through school. You know what I'm saying? And then my other sister, she graduated from Georgia State. So I didn't want to be the only fuck up. You know what I'm saying? So I was just like, man. And my dad wasn't playing about school at all. Like he wasn't playing. So he was like, man, yo, you got to go to school so you can make sure you get a good job. I'm, I'm just like, yo, man, working ain't really for me though. You know what I'm saying? Because I like I when I had a job, I might be on a schedule to be there at nine a.m. I might not show up to twelve p.m. because I was at the studio all night before. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, man, really ain't for me. But I went to school because I feel like school is for anybody who wants to learn. You know what I'm saying? So I wanted to learn. I didn't have it figured out. I ain't have nothing going on. So I might as well be learning than running around doing, you know what I'm saying, some bullshit, you know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, I was just like, man, okay, I'm going to go to Georgia State. So I was going there specifically to learn, turn my papers in, do my tests, or do whatever it was. I wasn't trying to be the man on campus. I wasn't trying, hey, yo, you know that song with Gucci? You know what I'm saying? Because I wasn't really at where I wanted to be anyway. So I didn't even want them to, I didn't want that kind of attention. Like, oh, that's a dude that does stuff for Gucci. Then it's like... Man, what kind of shoes or what kind of car? Like, you know what I'm right. saying? Then it's like all that kind of stuff. So it's like, nah, they don't even need to know that. I'm just in there chilling. That's, like very, that's very mature of you yeah, for, yeah, for you, a college kid. Like, I, I personally would be like, uh, yeah, I made that beat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I was more, I was different, bro. I was like out the way. I was like, I, I wasn't trying to be cool with everybody at school. I knew I was leaving school. I was actually leaving school, pulling up on Future at, on 11th Street. Gucci was at Patchwork. I'm pulling up on Gucci at Patchwork. You know what I'm saying? Then those studios are like right next to each other. They're like literally two minutes away from each other. You know what I'm saying? And then I'll, I'll go to another studio where like a lot of underground like street rappers will be at. And I'll have the A room, B room, and C room all working on my beats. And then I'll leave those, I'll leave those three studios. And then two chains don't like going to the studio till like 11 p.m., 12 a.m., and I'll drive all the way to Old National and go in with two trains. Um, Old National, that's like the south side of town. I'll, I'll drive all the way down there, be in the studio with two trains to like three or four in the morning, and then drive all the way back to Marietta where I live, then go back to school. So I really, really, I didn't get no sleep. So I'm not really in a talking mood anyway. I'm just, I'm in there just chilling, just trying to, you know what I'm saying, do what I got to do to make sure I get, you know what I'm saying, the good grades. But then, like, I started. One day I just noticed, I was like, um, I was in late registration, and I was just looking around, and I was like, damn, man, it's like a thousand, two thousand people in here, you know what I'm saying? And and I'm and I know I'm 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 coming from Georgia, so I'm getting like a discounted rate to like go to school, but I'm hearing like the other numbers that these other kids have to pay, and I'm like, shit, they're making a lot of money in here, bro. And and I and I just knew my student loans was going like I was going deeper and deeper and deeper in student loans, so I. At that point, and I was, and I felt like Future was so good. I felt like Two Chains was so good. I felt like my production team was solid at this time. You know what I'm saying? And I felt like we were coming with a new sound. And I felt, and I knew Gucci was about to come home. And then I, I, I had just linked with an A&R for Rick Ross, and I had sent him some beats. And he was saying Ross was fucking with it. So I'm like, yo, you know what? 
man, fuck school. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> at the end of the day, you know what I'm saying? I, I can't make, I can't make, like I'm, I'm, I'm really going more and more in debt. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, nah, I'm not, I'm not trying to keep, you know what I'm saying? Going in debt. So I called my pops one day. I'm like, yo, why you want me to go to school so bad? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm, my man, my production team is gonna be the illest. I promise you. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, yo. Man, I'm working with these rappers, man. Two Chains and Future. Man, people don't know them right now, but they're going to be the hottest shit next year. This was like 2010. I was like, man, they're going to be the hottest shit next year. And then um, I was like, man, then I, I messed with Gucci, man. And then I think Rick Ross about to get on the beat. I'm like, man, I'm, I'm about to just not go to school. So let me talk about that because I think that is the big moment for you where I think your your dad had to be like, okay, okay. No. No? Dad, Not even. No, my dad is from the military, so he's. It's what he says. His period is just like nah. He like nah, nah. You going to school? You know what I'm saying? Because music is gonna be there. You know what I'm saying? So just finish school, and the and then music will be there. And I was like, well, nah. I'm gonna I'm go for music, and school is gonna be there. So if the music don't work, I'm gonna go back to school. You know what I'm saying? And he was like, and we we had two different views, but I lived in the house with my mom. You know what I'm saying? So. My mom was like, my mom with whatever I'm with, you know what I'm saying? Like, I used to be making beats in the house, just beating, like, you know what I'm saying? We in a small house, the whole house shaking, just, you know what I'm saying? And she upstairs just kicking it on the phone, watching TV, watching soap operas, whatever, you know what I'm saying? So my mom was like, man, whatever you want to do, you know what I'm saying? Whatever you want to do. And my dad was like, nah, he wasn't hearing it. So he thought I enrolled in school, and I didn't. So he hit me up, and he was like, man, um, hey, how's school going? I'm like, man, I told you, I wasn't, I wasn't about to enroll. I wasn't about to enroll. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm focusing on this music for real. So we kind of had a little disagreement right then. He wasn't really feeling me. And then we got off the phone. But like a week later, Dirty Sprite dropped. Boom. Uh, then like 2 Chains, Codeine Cowboy dropped. And then um, Tupac Back dropped. You know what I'm saying? And then when those three dropped, that was like within that first semester I dropped out of school. So you know what I'm saying? Like... Now it's like, man, Pops, I told you, man, like I got a song that's going on the radio now. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm telling you, ooh, ooh. So now it's like, I really just stepped into a whole nother realm. You know what I'm saying? Because now it's like, I got to, because like, okay, I kind of skipped a step. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, rewind a little bit. Like, when what made me start a production team is because I had all these songs in the streets with like Gucci, OJ, Soulja Boy, like all those people I named before to change, you know what I'm saying? And I was like, man, yo, what's the difference between me and like a Shawty Red or like me and like a Kanye or like me and like a, you know what I'm saying? One of these producers I look up to, Juicy J, Dr. Dre, whoever, you know what I'm saying? Like, what's the difference? And I was like, okay, they all had a production team and they all were treating this music like business. At first, I wasn't treating the music like business. I was just treating it like shit. I just want to, you know what I'm saying? Make some hard shit and just listen to it. And so, like, that's when I started realizing, okay, music and the music business, that's two different things. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's that's two different things. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, okay, I've been focusing on the music this whole time. Let me focus on the music business. Like, let me get a team together. Let me let me come with like a sound. Like all those guys had a sound. You know, three six mafia sound. You know, um, Kanye sound, you know Dr. Dre sound, you know, like you know what I'm saying? Everybody had like a sound. It was like a organized, you know what I'm saying, kind of kind of thing. Like and and it was like, man, okay, we gotta make an L brand. So it was like, man, 
Ear Drummers was like a vision that I had when I was like 17. I came up with the name Ear Drummers. And like, if you listen to Gucci's old mixtapes, like you'll, you'll hear it on there. They'll be like, yo, shout out to Mike Will on the track. Shout out to, to the whole Ear Drummer crew. You know what I'm saying? This dude's 18 years old. He's a beast. Ah, way back then, but Ear Drummers was only one person. But I had a vision in my mind like, okay, I want, I want to make the illest production team with the illest songwriters and the illest producers on the team. You know what I'm saying? This without anybody telling me to do this. I'm just doing my research. I'm just being a student of the game and just seeing what's going on. So how did you uh, discover your sound specifically? You're saying, you know, Kanye, he has his sound. They all have yeah, their but sound. I, I started building my team. Like I knew my I knew with me, when the air drummers was just me, my sound was to have it beaten in that Tahoe. You know what I'm saying? Or whatever whatever car has a system. My beats need to be knocking, like you know what I'm saying. That was my sound, and then like Gucci, like after we did like those twenty songs in three days, I had brought him some more beats, and he told me like, "Yo, Mike, I ain't gonna lie to you. I love these beats, but man, we gotta, we gotta like, we gotta take the sound to the next level, dog. Like, we gotta take it to the next level." And I never knew what he was talking about until he started dropping like Lemonade and like and like um. And like rock star lifestyle might not make like I started hearing all the singles and so that's when I started trying to elevate my sound. Then when I started trying to elevate my sound, Walker decided to start rapping. You know what I'm saying? And then Walker was like, "Man, I need the old Mike Will. I need the old Mike Will." So I was kind of like torn in between the two of taking my sound to the next level and then still having it like gritty. So I, that's what I was focusing on. Like, okay, what's like a perfect blend? And then I started. And then I went to high school with my boy A Plus. And like we always used to just, he used to make his beats, I used to make my beats, and then we used to just critique each other's beats, you know what I'm saying? And and that was my boy, then I taught my boy Schooly how to make beats. And then my other homeboy, um, P Nasty, I met from um from another from a mutual friend or whatnot. And then um and then he was already him and him and Mars had a relationship like me and Plus. So he brought Mars, you know what I'm saying? And then we just all together, you know what I'm saying, just started putting it all in a melting pot, like in a pot, and we all started coming with like a sound, and it was just like, okay, boom, he might snatch this from me, he might snatch that from him, he might snatch that from him, and then it was like, you know what I'm saying, like none of the beats sounded the same, but you know what I'm saying, it was like a consistent sound, like people could tell what it was, it was like that knocking, that knocking weird sounding beat that would always have a filter on it, that would, you know what I'm saying? What, what advice would you give people who want to uh, make beats collaboratively. Like, what advice would you give for people trying to make beats together? A mastermind is never one mind. A mastermind is a collective of minds. So, if you want to be a mastermind on the on the production or the beats or whatever you do, clothes, videos, whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like, a mastermind is a collective of minds. So, you know what I'm saying? Collaborations is always good. Like, you know what I'm saying? And I feel like we were like one of the we were like one of the first people out of the city that was like open to like collaborate on beats. You know what I'm saying? For a long time, when I was first coming in the game, it was like everybody was like this. No, man, my beat harder than your beat. Or man, my beat do this. Or, you know what I'm saying? Everybody just like in competition. But I'm just like, man, shit, your beat's hard as a motherfucker. I, I don't know how to do the melodies like that. But I know you don't know how to do the bounce like this. So I'm, I'm going to do the bounce like this. And you put the melody on top of that. And let's see how that sounds. <laughs> that shit sound new, you know what I'm saying? So at that time, like we were the first one with a production, with a production team, and we kind of like kicked the door down and paved the way for like, you know what I'm saying? Every producer that was gonna come after after us, 
You know what I'm saying? Which, like, now, if you see, like, how the producers move out of Atlanta now, they're down to collaborate. They're down to work with each other. What do you they, think that is? It seems like in Atlanta, it happens way more than in other places, you know? I mean, I, I kind of, I feel like I kind of just explained that. You uh, know what I'm saying? Like, um, but but I don't, I don't want to, I don't, I don't be want to take all the credit for that. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, I don't know. I can't really tell you. Maybe they, maybe they went and did their research the same way I did my research and they, and they just, Looked at Dr. Dre and Kanye, or you know what I'm saying? Maybe Quietus kept, they looked at me and they were just like, man, damn, Mike Will and P. Nasty and Mars and A Plus, like the eardrummers, they doing their thing and, and they're young, they're young just like me. They're only a couple years older than me and they're doing their thing. Man, we could do it too. And maybe it was, maybe in their mind, it was a, you know what I'm saying? It was like a, a inspiring thing. Maybe it was a competition thing. Maybe I don't, I don't know what it was, but. You know what I'm saying? It's just dope to see it. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, the artists always, in Atlanta, the artists always collaborated. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like the reason why New York, you know what I'm saying, started kind of like, you know what I'm saying, running into a bumpy road is because they started beefing with each other. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's why. That's what I was talking about. Yeah. Mostly producers are often very competitive, but not in a collaborative way. Oh, I was talking about artists, but... You're right though. That's that's exactly how it was when I first started, when I first came in. It was like producers were like, you know what I'm saying, like competitive. And I I'm not gonna lie to you, Gucci Gucci even to tell you like, man, what made him start rocking with me like real tough because he was like, man, bro, you were just competitive and you were aggressive. Like you'll just sit over there, you'll be the youngest nigga in the room, you'll just be over there like this, like, you know what I'm saying, listening to everybody beats. And then as soon as it's time to play your beat, you just walk over there, grab the aux cord. Put the phone in and then just turn the shit up as loud as you can and just boom, the shit just knocking. And then Gucci like, man, I ain't had no choice but to get on your beach. You know what I'm saying? Just seeing how aggressive and competitive you were and, and how you I'll stay in the studio all day. You can rap on everybody beats. That's cool. I'm gonna stand right here because I know this first beat that I'm finna play is finna goddamn just go crazy. Cause if I don't have a beat like that, I'm not gonna show up to the studio. But if I got a beat like that, I'm finna show up to the studio and I'm finna stand there all day. Record on everything. It's all good. Because when I play this beat, I already know what it's about to be. You know what I'm saying? So that's just what it was. But like, um, yeah, man, going back to the production team, I built that production team. And then like, you know what I'm saying? At that point, I'm like, okay, I got to start getting my business my business together. You know what I'm saying? I got to start running the team. You know what I'm saying? I, I just wanted to run the game like I was Dr. Dre. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's just what I wanted to do. So I was like, all right. Bet that's what we're gonna do. So when those three songs came out that semester that I dropped out of school, um, then it was like a whole. That's when I started seeing a whole another thing because that's when like songs started getting on the radio. You got a team, you know what I'm saying? So now it's like okay, now it's time to boss up. You know what I'm saying? Well, I want to play a song that represents that period and was definitely blasting in the t Tahoe's all across America. Tahoe's caprices. <laughs> and uh, this is a. Uh, Tupac back. Bances. This is Tupac back, Meek Mill and Rick Ross. That, that was me, me and Meek Mill's introduction, introduction to the game. And you didn't really, you weren't aware of Meek Mill at at the time, nah, right? No, it was, it was crazy because we were so hungry to get on. Man, it was so crazy, man. We were so hungry to get on, man. I just know that Rick Ross recorded that song, King of Diamonds, and Marble Floors all in the same night. You know what I'm saying? Even though they all came out at different times. Wow. He recorded all those songs in the same night. And 
And then like I thought it was gonna be Rick Ross song. So when the song dropped and I saw everyone on the internet and I heard the verse, I'm like, man, because this one like Rick Ross was like, but he's still he's still lit, you know what I'm saying? But this one like it was like, it was like BMF, Rick Ross, all yeah, those tracks yeah, had like, come out. Yeah, Rick Ross is law. So it's like when I when I heard somebody else on the raps, I didn't even want to hear what the raps were saying. I was just like, man, why the fuck ain't Rick Ross all the way through here? You know what I'm saying? But then I kept, then I started listening to the verse and I'm like, oh damn, buddy, snap! And then that's when I started doing my my research on Meek Mill. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, okay, he he gonna be hard. And then that was like a defining moment for him and a defining moment for me. And it was just a dope song. Like that song, that song just sounded like a horse on the radio. You know what I'm saying? Like for real, it just a horse. Just, yeah, a horse. It sound like it just wasn't going to stop. Like, horses don't stop. Like, you know what I'm saying? It just sound like... Like Young Thug says, right? Exactly. A horse. <laughs> <laughs> so, you have this, this... This song was huge when it came out. Um, when, when did you realize that you just had, like, a monster on your hands? Man, when that shit was sounding like a horse on the radio. <laughs> it just... <laughs> I was hearing everything else on the radio. It was sounding... You know what I'm saying? It was sounding dope. But when that came on, it was a different kind of energy. It was just like, what the... F-? You know what I'm saying? It, it didn't matter where you went, where you went in the country. It just... Like, when that song came on, it cut through. Like, you could still... Like, if DJs were to, like, still drop that in the mix, it just... It stands out. It just... It just sounds strong. It just has that energy. It just sounds like, yo, what the... It makes anybody do this. Like if if your face just squinches up, you know what I'm saying? That nasty look. Yeah, that's that. Yeah. So um, I find a lot of your beats have that effect on people. They give give make you get do the screw face. Yeah. You know, it's like how do you um, generate this kind of energy with your beats? Because I feel like you have I, you're very dynamic, but I feel like you're very known for the an upbeat sound in that way. Man, I feel like man. Um, like with with me, with my whole team and everything, I just feel like um like like man, I feel like we don't even feel like the track is done or the song is done or anything unless it has that kind of energy. I'm sitting on some I'm sitting on so many songs that if my boy Oz, who's my A and R, or my boy B Wright, who's you know what I'm saying, creative direction, if they were to if they were to pick, these songs would have been out. But it's songs that I feel like, man, I don't know, it's just it's not time for it. Maybe maybe at one point it's just going to be time for it because it just sounds all the way different. But I got songs with so many different people, you know what I'm saying? And we might just feel like it's not time for that song to go out. Like, you know what I'm saying? So if it, if that energy is not, not up there, I, I, I'm telling you, I really stick to those Tahoe days, man. I really stick to those to those days because when I was when I was like 15 14 riding in the Tahoe making them making those dirty beats like my face was like in the Tahoe I was just young just turned just you know what I'm saying like yo man you hear this you know what I'm saying so if 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 the song don't make me do that like in the studio like you know what I'm saying or it just doesn't sound new or it just doesn't cut through or it's just not it's not fresh it don't need to be out you know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't. I never wanted anything to fit in. You know what I'm saying? I wanted shit to stick out. You know what I'm saying? And and that's just I don't know. That's well, how I look at. I feel like so, often producers they can lose touch of like the Tahoe days. You know they can yeah. kind of forget where where they came from. But it seems like throughout your career you've managed to maintain a certain level of of quality with everything. 
Man, I feel like the difference between me and those producers is like when they were going to Georgia State, they would have been like, yo, you know, I made that beat for Gucci. You know what I'm saying? They do it for that. You know what I'm saying? I don't do it for that. You know what I'm saying? Like when I was putting out music, I was dropping mixtapes with baby pictures. I don't even give a damn if anybody knows what I look like or knows. It was really all about the music. It was really all about making the illest shit. You know what I'm saying? That's what we wanted to do. Whether it was pop, whether it was trap, whether it was whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like when everybody started getting on the trap wave, you know what I'm saying? And everybody started like, like you know what I'm saying? Like being inspired by our sound and what we were doing, like on the trap wave, like and like the hip hop wave. That's when, like you know what I'm saying? We redirect the focus and start working with Miley. You know what I'm saying? That, and that just shows you how, you know what I'm saying? Like, how we think. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're, we're like, okay, everybody's doing that. Everybody's, you know what I'm saying? Like, kind of kind of redoing the sound and doing it their own way. All right, cool. We about to do this. Boom. We can't stop. You know what I'm saying? 23. No filter on 23. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? And like, and just focus on, on this pop lane. No matter what anybody has to say about Miley Cyrus. You know what I'm saying? So, a lot of people... You know, up to, up to that point, like 2012, you you went to the moon. You know, you had so many big 13, tracks. Thirteen, but but both. I, I think well, yeah, 12, even 12. 2012 because it was like uh, no, no lie, lie. Uh, bands that make her dance, pour it up. No, no, pour it up was thirteen. Right? Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I don't know. Uh, seven seven three love, yeah. which I was huge. Turn on the lights. You know, like your profile was kind of growing yeah, steadily kind of grow. with each track, and then you, when everyone expected you to zig, you zag with the Miley thing. Yeah, you know. So, actually, I, I'd like to play the song first uh-huh. before I get into this because I have a, I have a theory about this. Oh, okay, but it's all it's all good. But this my is man, we can't my man stop. Right here got a theory. That's hard. I, <laughs> I'm always thinking. That's fine. So this is Miley Cyrus, We Can't Stop. Now, just even here in the studio, uh, the track bangs so hard. That shit slap. It's crazy. And it's like... I love that song. It, you know, we take it for granted now because now it's like we're living in trap world, right? Where it's like there's this expectation of, oh, yeah, there's going to be like pop songs with like, you know, like heavy bass drum. But like it wasn't like that before that track. Hell no. No. Man, look, let's let's be very clear. Boom, 2012, I had I had no live bands maker dance turn on the lights. I was broke as fuck with those songs out. I didn't I wasn't I wasn't putting any of my songs with ASCAP. I wasn't I didn't do that. You know what I'm saying? Because I told you I wasn't even looking at it like that. I thought music was just like, boom, you make a hot song, you put it out, you get rich. You know what I'm saying? But it's like you got music, then you got the music business, you know what I'm saying? So 2012, I was like, okay, I got to start handling my business, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm broke as hell. Everybody around me broke, you know what I'm saying? But we got these hard songs out, you know what I'm saying? Only way we're surviving is just from independence, just hype off the hype and buying beats, you know what I'm saying? So that's the only money that we were getting. So, you know what I'm saying? Or either like whatever checks we were getting for for album placements, you know what I'm saying? But that's not going to last you, you know what I'm saying? That's at, not at like- At that time, it wasn't like any publishing- Happening? Not yet. I didn't even really know about publishing. So then, at that point, I met my manager DJ, which is Jimmy Alvin's nephew, and he just could not believe that I didn't have a manager. You know what I'm saying? Because I was managing myself, and he was like, "Man, you got three songs on the charts. You don't have a manager?" I was like, "Nah." 
And then I was like, man, look, this is my vision, though. This is why I don't have a manager. Because every manager is trying to step in and just be the cool guy standing next to me and be like, yo, this is my little homie. Yeah, yeah, he got these songs on the radio. Da, da. No, I don't need that. You know what I'm saying? I don't need anybody to give me cool points. I don't need that. I need somebody that's going to handle this business so we can get some money. You know what I'm saying? So he was like, oh, yeah. He was like, man, you got you to gotta register your songs with ASCAP. You got to do this. You got to, ooh. And then I was like, man, everybody trying to sign me. I'm not even trying to hear what they talking about because I'm not trying to sign anything without signing all my homies. And you know what I'm saying? So we're not moving. So at the end of the day, we need to we need to get everything together. So he started helping me get all my business together. First person he bring me around is Jimmy Iovine. Boom. I meet I meet with Jimmy Iovine. Jimmy Iovine here is bands make a dance, turn on the lights. Um, um, no lie. At that time, then I play him a bunch of other songs. I played them bitches love me just to hook. I just had bitches love me to hook on my phone. And then um with Future and Drake, and then uh, this before Wayne had hopped on it, and then I, I had um I was just playing him a bunch of shit, and I was just letting him know my vision and everything. He was like, and like we would meet, you know what I'm saying? Every time I come to LA, we would meet, and he told me he was like, "Yo, Mike, man, you know what you have to do? Like, you know what your job is? Like, you know what you what you really what you really have to do?" I was like, "What?" He was like, "Man, you have to make hip hop music pop." I'm like, what? He was like, man, you have to make hip-hop music pop. I'm like, dog, you sound crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, what What do you mean? And he was like, man, I'm telling you. I'm like, man, I don't, I don't know. Like, I like pop music. You know what I'm saying? I got a lot of pop beats, but people don't really, like, listen for that from me. You know what I'm saying? They want to hear the hip-hop. He was like, listen, man, listen. He was like, man, Dr. Dre was pop. Tupac was pop. You know what I'm saying? Kanye's pop. You know what I'm saying? Pharrell was pop. He was like, he was like, man, and they still kept their sound. He was like, man, you are the only one who could do that of this new generation. You know what I'm saying? He was like, man, you, he was like, man, salute to all the four on the floor shit. He was like, but everything on pop radio sounds the same right now. He was like, and you have a sound that's defining enough that can do it. I'm just like, man, yo, whatever, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, whatever. You know what I'm saying? And I'm just thinking that he just talking over my head. But then when I saw like, no lie. Go number one and crossover, then turn on the lights, crossed over, then um um bands make a dance, crossed over. You know what I'm saying? All songs went up urban charts first and then crossed over and went pop. And you know what I'm saying? Or went went rhythmic, or you know what I'm saying? Like, um, but no lie went pop. When when I when I saw that, that's when I was like, yo. Dang, that's what Jimmy was talking about. You know what I'm saying? So that then that's when and then he he told me he told me all those guys that I looked up to were pop. And then he was like, man, man, you're letting you're letting people from overseas come over here and just run the clubs. You know what I'm saying? But really, your songs are the songs that run the clubs. You know what I'm saying? So you have to, you have to, man, you have to keep going. Like, you know what I'm saying? You have to get with the right artists. And you know what I'm saying? And da da da. And it's crazy because Kanye had just told me the same thing in 2012, like early 2012 before I met Jimmy. So Kanye was just telling me the same thing. So I'm listening to it and I, I wasn't really putting two, two and two together. So when we did We Can't Stop, we had originally did it for Rihanna. You know what I'm saying? And then we had um, we had that song, we had Pour It Up, and we had this other song. And I was in there getting frustrated because 
They were telling me that Rihanna wasn't picking my songs at first. And I was like, man, I know I got three hits. Just put me in the room with Rihanna, man. Put me in the room with her. I know I got three hits. She got to pick one of these. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know I got it. I know I got it. And then she, um, she, um, Chris Brown ended up coming to the studio. And then he went in, he came in the room with me. And I let him hear We Can't Stop. And then I let him hear Pour It Up. And he told me We Can't Stop. He was like, he was like, I like this song, but it's kind of moving slow right now. You know what I'm saying? Because it was sounding a different way than that at first. You know what I'm saying? He was like, it's kind of sounding a little slow. And for, for Rihanna, he was like, man, let me hear something else. And I played Pour It Up. And he got up, started like dancing. And he was like, he was like, yo, man, I got to get this to Rihanna. Like, I got to get this to baby girl, man. If she don't fuck with it, this is my next single, period. That's This is my next single. Like, I know this is a hit. Like, I know what this is. I understand that ratchet shit. I'm like, all right, bet. So he went and hollered at Rihanna. And then Rihanna called and was like, yo, it's some song Chris is talking about that Mike Will got. Can y'all get it to me? So I sent him Pour It Up, and then she got on Pour It Up. So I, every time I would play... We can't stop. I always would say, man, this is a new party in USA. This is a new party in USA. Not even really knowing that party in USA was Miley's song. Like, I didn't really, like, listen to... I knew party in USA, but I didn't know, like, the artist or whatever. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so um, I was like, man, this is a new party in USA. This is a new party. And so one of my homegirls was like, man, why don't you get it to Miley Cyrus? And you always say that. Why don't you get it to Miley Cyrus? And I was like, man, you right. So I called I call, I call my man, for real, I called my manager and I was like, yo, I need to get in the studio with Miley Cyrus. And he sent me Miley Cyrus with a question mark. He like, and then he was like, he was like is, she, is she working? And I was like, man, I don't care. I was like, man, I know this song that I got for her, bro. She going to be back working. She going to be out of here, bro. You know what I'm saying? Trust me, like, I need to get in the studio with her. I need to get next to her, bro. And then he was like, man... All right, I'll work on it. I'll send it, you know what I'm saying? I'll, I'll figure out how to get you in the studio with her. So I remember like a couple of days later, I went to New York and I had a meeting with all the labels. You know what I'm saying? I had a meeting with all the labels. And it was this last, New York, it was like 12 degrees, 12 degrees outside. So I had this last meeting and it was with RCA. And, and at this time, it was at nighttime. So it was eight degrees outside. And my boy, I, I had just signed my publishing deal to, um, Warner Chapel, my boy Ryan Press was just moving me around all the labels. So I called Ryan and I was like, yo, I'm not going to the last meeting, bro. And then he was like, man, you got to, man. It's with RCA. I said, bro, it's eight degrees outside, dog. Like, I'm not going. He was like, man, I'm telling you, it's with the top guy from RCA. It's going to be worth it, da da da. And I didn't know it was going to be that cold, so I didn't have no jacket or anything. So I was like, man, fuck it. You know what I'm saying? I just went to the meeting and then um, I'm, playing them, I'm playing them a whole bunch of music. And then um, I was like, man, this song right here is like the new party in USA, man. But I ain't know Miley was signed to the label. I was like, man, it's like the new party in USA. It's going to be big. If y'all have any pop artists, then, you know what I'm saying, y'all should just get this song to them. You know what I'm saying? So I played it for him. And then Peter Edge was like, yo, yo, this would be good for Miley Cyrus. I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then he was like, and he was like, man, yo, she signed to this label. I'm like, for real? I'm like, yo, we need to get this to her. I'm telling you, man, like this, this is like, this gonna be the one. And then he was like, man, he called her A&R upstairs, he gave it to her. And then when she met up with Miley Cyrus, Miley Cyrus heard it and she said she liked it off the rip just cause she connected with it because um, it reminded her of a specific party that she went to, you know what I'm saying? And, and that's why she said she just connected with it. And then she liked this other beat, you know what I'm saying? Um, 
And then at that point, I was like, man, yo, we need to get in the studio. I need to make sure she, like, does this, like, right. Like, you know what I'm saying? This is, like, my first real stab at, a, like, a pop song. You know what I'm saying? And I knew that Miley was, like, she's a pop star, period. You know what I'm saying? And then all she needed was the right song, and then that's going to be a pop song. So I was like, man, this is almost what Jimmy Iovine was talking about, like, you know what I'm saying? Hip-hop, pop, whatever, whatever. You know what I'm saying? So, um... She loved the song So at first She was singing it Like the reference And I'm like Yo Miley Man like These guys Who wrote this song Are from the West Indies Like they're from the islands You're from Nashville Tennessee You know what I'm saying I don't want you To sound like them I need to hear that Country twang Like I need you To sound like you You know what I'm saying Who's who's that That wrote that Uh, Rock City Right Right. um, So Boom she started singing it her way and then she started feeling comfortable singing it her way because at first she thought she had to do it like that because she was saying like all the pop producers that she worked with before like had like real strict guidelines on how they wanted their records, you know what I'm saying, recorded. And I wasn't like that. I just wanted, I want, I, I know art is all about layers no matter what, you know what I'm saying, no matter what art we're talking about. If we're talking about painting, if we're talking about cars, the reason Benz is so fire you know what I'm saying? It's because all the layers that it has. You know what I'm saying? Like everything that it that that it comes with. You know what I'm saying? A beat. You know what I'm saying? Like if it has all the right layers on it. My man looking back there, like he don't understand what I'm saying. But you know what I'm saying? If you ever drove a Benz, you know what I'm saying? Like my Benz has massage seats. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and and it has and it has a refrigerator in the back, and it has heated seats, and it has air conditioning seats, and and the engine goes fast as fuck. You know what I'm saying? And then when you turn each corner. You know what I'm saying? Like the seat grabs you. You know what I'm saying? All that's art. You know what I'm saying? Because when when I when I was riding in a Bonneville, when I was riding in my Bonneville, that car didn't do none of that. You know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, that's a whole next level of art. You know what I'm saying? When you look at paintings, you know what I'm saying? You could pay attention to the one blue shoe right there, or you could step away. And be like, okay, damn, this is a whole crazy picture. Damn, how did he get that to look like that? Because he mixed orange with brown with, you know what I'm saying, something else, and he made it look like that. That's All that's visual art, you know what I'm saying? On audio art with music, sometimes you got to know the simplicity of stopping or keep going. So you got to know, okay, this, this, this beat right here is simple, but it sounds great. Boom, you know what I'm saying? All we need is vocals on here. That's the last instrument. You know what I'm saying? Then those vocals might bring you to put one more melody on top of it. And then, you know what I'm saying? Or I might combine three 808s to make it, to make a certain beat sound a certain kind of way. You know what I'm saying? So it's all about, it's all about layers. Matter of fact, we got the aux core right here. I'm about to play something real quick. This talking at the beginning, it was really a fuck up because the computer had, the computer had said something. When Future was recording, and I was just like, yo, keep that shit in there, man. Like, layers, man. Layers and art. <laughs> is that from Ape Shit? Uh, no, that's just me and Future were just working, just doing this. But, um, but yeah, that was like the dogs growling in there, the, the girl coming in, ah! you know what I'm saying? And then it's like four 808s on top of each other. And I made the beat. One one of my homies had had brought me a beat machine they made. They're from like London, and I started the beat like that. But then like I put more eight oh eight from like Fruity Loops, and then you know what I'm saying it's just it's just different layers. Like same thing with like Gucci Man. Um, same thing with like with like this song right here. Uh, 
this started off, it was just a drum loop. And then Gucci just, first day he got out of, out of, out of, out of jail, he just called me and was like, yo, send me some beats, bro. I need some beats right now. I'm about to head to the house and just record. And it was just a drum loop. And then I took his vocals and then I added everything else around it. I got to talk about that song. So, yeah. so the text comes, Gucci's coming home early. What yeah, are you was, saying? I was talking to him the whole time he was locked down, so I knew when he was coming home, yeah. but I just couldn't say anything. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wow. For real. You know what? Hold on. I got one. I got one last. I got one last. Hey, man. Um, you can example. play as much as you want. <laughs> it's just one last example. And if people heard Gucci's album, they probably didn't even peep this. But this is just back up, back, like talking about layers. Um, I had gave Gucci another... Like another, it was just like an open drum loop. Cause the more open, the more open the beat is, the better Gucci does. You know what I'm saying? Because he animates his voice and different stuff like that. But I gave him this one drum loop, and he didn't even realize that he did two songs on it. You know what I'm saying? That he used the drum loop twice. So I, so I ended up trying to make a whole nother beat around it. And he was like, Nah, nah, it's not rocking the same. So I just ended up using the same drums, and me and Zaytoven just. Added like some different sounds on the other one, but these two beats that were just on his last album were like pretty much like the same. Yeah, so yeah, so basically those two songs got the same drums, you know what I'm saying? But it's just all about the layers, and you won't even realize it because they sound like two different songs. You know what I'm saying? And so those were both on uh, everybody looking. Yeah. Uh, those richest nigga in the room, and uh, way back, way back. Yeah. and um, that album. There was a, there was some collaborative production going on, right? Yeah, definitely. Me and Zaytoven went crazy. Yeah, and w w was, was that in quick. that was at the at the at his mansion? Uh, we did was we it? did um we did at least an M. We did at least an M at his house, and really that's about it. Other than that, we were just in the studio. We collabed in the studio with each other, you know what I'm saying, before he came home. We pretty much already knew. Like, we've been working with Gucci for so long, so we pretty much already knew that he'll go crazy on certain tracks or he'll, you know what I'm saying, connect with certain tracks and shit. But yeah, like, back to what I was saying about, like, you know what I'm saying, like, layers, layers. you know what I'm saying? Like, it was just all, it was like all about layers. So with Miley Cyrus, it was like, you know what I'm saying, like, we worked on We Can't Stop for so long, and it was just like, man, yo... Yo, add, add, add libs right here or add like harmonies right here or either, you know what I'm saying, stack the um the part um on the bridge where she was like, um dang. <laughs> uh how does that bridge go? From We Can't Stop? Yeah, hold on one second. It's our problem, we can say what we want to. Like, I was really like a lot of my inspiration. Like, before I went to the studio, going to the studio with her on that album was from the Fun album. You know what I'm saying? And and my boy Jeff Basker, like, executive produced that album. So, like, I was really, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Jeff Basker, that's, like, my boy. So, like, I always respected what he did. So, I was just listening to it, and I was just like, damn, I just respected that Fun album. You know what I'm saying? Like, that was, like, one of my favorite albums. So, I was just like... Damn, this is my first shot at a pop record. You know what I'm saying? What am I respecting in the pop world right now? You know what I'm saying? And I and I was respecting We Are Young and you know what I'm saying? Like A lot of people wouldn't expect uh you to be listening to that music. Yeah. Assuming makes the ass out of you and me. <laughs> I heard her. that before. But um yeah, like 
Definitely, I, I was. I listen to fun. I listen to everything. Queen. I listen to everything. As a as a producer, I feel like you have to listen to everything. What are some and inspirational like, artists to you, like that we wouldn't think? Uh, fun. Queen. Um, Jeff Basker. Trent. Trent Reznor. Um, I heard you up in the studio. You were talking about the Pet Shop Boys. Oh yeah, Pet Shop Boys. Yeah, I, I like the production on Pet Shop Boys. I like the Smiths. I like. Um, uh, man, if you look at my if you look at my iTunes, man, it's like pretty much like Bobby Womack. oh yeah, Bobby Womack for sure. But I mean, he an old school player, so I think they might <laughs> I think they might everybody think that one. Um, Beth Hart, I like Beth Hart. You know what I'm saying? Bon Iver. Yo, I listen to Cindy Lauper a lot. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, but the Flame Lips, I I pretty much got everybody in here. You know what I'm saying? Like. I wanna, I wanna get in the car, cause when you get into that artsy bands, man, and it's just grabbing you and <laughs> all that kind of shit, you know what I'm saying? It's just like you gotta, you gotta play some different kind of music, you, you know what I'm saying? Cindy Lauper, just uh, like man, blasting. Cindy Lauper and then Young Scooter, and then you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then the Pet Shop Boys, and then Gucci Man, and then you know what I'm saying? And then Twenty One Savage, it's just like. The mix is crazy, you know what I'm saying? So it's just inspiration from everything because one thing about music, one thing about music, what I look at is like music is all about um like rhythm and melody. For, you know what I'm saying? Like a lot of times it's, it's real important what you know what I'm saying, our artists are saying sometimes like those lyrics can get people through life, you know what I'm saying? But I think the thing that transcends like throughout the whole world you know what I'm saying? Not only in the States, not only in, you know what I'm saying, the States of Canada or not even only just North America, even overseas, it's like, it's really about rhythm and melody. I could put on, uh, I could put on like a, a beat right now and just, and just try to see, like, man, let's see if, let's see if, can my boy right there be bouncing? You know what I'm saying? So like, if I play a beat and he's not bouncing, I might not even look at him. I might just be playing a beat and just be looking at him like this and just see if he's gonna bounce. If he's gonna bounce, then it's like, okay, shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, th this is the right beat. You know what I'm saying? Or, you know what I'm saying? It might just be an amazing melody with no drums. Like, I play, I play a couple more things to just explain what I'm saying. Yeah, usually when uh, I hang out with someone and you pass them the aux chord, like, they play something and it's just like, oh, uh, you got to keep working on that. But <laughs> with you, uh, you can play as much as you want, obviously. Man, I appreciate that. Yeah. And there's like an unfinished beat. I'll just, well, no, I play, I play this one. I play this joint. I just made this the other night. I did the first half of it and then like when the beat like speeds up, my boy Wheezy, he sped the beat up, you know what I'm saying? Um, he works a lot with Young Thug. I feel like I feel like with that beat is like missing the artist. So like we made it like on the spot. We just made it real quick for like Young Thug, you know what I'm saying? And like I feel like Young Thug was gonna take it somewhere else and if it if it needed anything else, you know what I'm saying, we could add some. But like um like a lot of people don't know this, but I found McConan, like, you know what I'm saying? Like he was like part of our squad first. Really? Well, he's still part of our squad, you know what I'm saying? But but like like you know what I'm saying? Like he was like working in the basement, just grinding hard or whatnot. And then like we always just was like inviting him to the studio, like when nobody even knew about him. And um and we were working on a project and um a lot of these songs like don't have drums, you know what I'm saying? Like and I like I was working with like Miley's guitarist and I let him hear like 
Ryan Dirty on 85 by the Youngbloods. And I said, this is my favorite beat of all times. Is there any way we can take this and make it pop? You know what I'm saying? And he just played some shit and it just sounded dope. And I just added like a clap. And I, I never knew where to go with the drums. And then Makona had put this song on there. Uh, it's really just going back to what I was saying as far as like rhythm and melody. Like that, the first beat was like more rhythm that made everybody bounce. And then that right there is like, you know what I'm saying? You might hear that melody all day in your head. Um, I'm smoking up since you ain't around. I got how, my money. How do you, you know, know uh, what kind of beat for what kind of artist? Like, just is it intuitive or? I don't even know, bro. Because it's like when I'm pretty much dead set on it, I'm pretty much dead set on it. Like, I play Ain't Nowhere Around It for Future 10 times. You know what I'm saying? Before he even hopped on it. So, like, I don't know when I'm dead set on it, I'm dead set on it. But, like, you know what I'm saying? Just as far as music and production, man, it's like, and music, period. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to drop a, I'm, I'm about to drop a project. Well, I was supposed to drop it in 2013. I just never did. But it's called Fuck Versus. And it's just like, my take on, like, my take on jazz is like a hood jazz. It's like, you know what I'm saying? It's like just beats and it might be like a hook, you know what I'm saying? But, the rest of it is just beats, but it's called Fuck Versus, and it's just like, basically, you know what I'm saying, just, because that's how I see music, it's all about layers, and it's all about melody and, melody and rhythm, you know what I'm saying, those are the universal languages, you know what I'm saying, because even if you don't even, some people in here might not even understand everything that I say, because I'm from Atlanta, and you know what I'm saying, I, like, the way I talk, it's like, might be so heavy in Atlanta, or you know what I'm saying, heavy from Atlanta, but if they hear a beat, you know what I'm saying? Like, they'll be like, or they might not understand what Young Thug says, but it's just like, yo, this melody is crazy. You know what I'm saying? For a long time, and Future was the first one, like, he was like one of the first ones coming through like that, like, where people might not understand what he's saying, but they just love the song you so feel much. It, you know? Yeah, you feel it. You know what I'm saying? Because you're hearing the melody, like, you know what I'm saying? And it's just like, you feel the feeling because you feel the pain in his voice, and then you hear the melody, and the melody's so good, and then the, the melody and the beat is so good, and, you know what I'm saying? His cadence is so. He has like his own cadence, so it's like it, that's like a take on rhythm. You know what I'm saying? So it's like rhythm and melody. That's a universal language. No matter if you speak French, if you speak English, if you speak um, Spanish, whatever. That's very relevant here at the academy. We've got so many people from around the world. Um, yeah, yeah. Man, everybody in here got heat. I know it <laughs> for real. Uh, so I want to change gears here. I want to. I'm going to play. Uh, a new single that that you've been working on uh, that that just dropped with the video. Um, Which one is that? It's Ray Shrem. Oh, 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 yeah, Black Beatles. Yeah, oh, yeah, I I need to play this, and we need to talk about it. So okay. I'm going to play it for the uninitiated first. This is Black Beatles featuring Gucci Mane, Ray Shremmer. So, Mike, will there are a lot of great songs in the uh, history of music? Thank you. There's a Bohemian Rhapsody. There's Beethoven's Fifth. There's a Stairway to Heaven. Now we have Black Beatles. Word, and I'm not. Real. I'm not joking. I'm actually hey. totally serious. It's. I think it's by far best song of the year. And um, I'm just wondering, with Ray Shrimmer, did you ever imagine them getting to that level? You know. Man, hell yeah! Like, Sway Lee is amazing. Slim Jimmy is amazing. You know what I'm saying? They got the most energy. You know what I'm saying? And and they're both forward pushing and they're both humble 
as fuck and they listen. And you know what I'm saying? And I was like, well, you know what I'm saying? I'm like a person that, you know what I'm saying, started to learn how to get it. You know what I'm saying? And like, okay, there's three things. There's the music, there's the music business, like I've been talking about, and then the last third thing is the music industry. And that's everything that makes up the music, you know what I'm saying, business, like the producers, the songwriters, the managers, everything. But I started to understand the it factor. And that, you know what I'm saying, like everybody started saying like, man, you got the it factor. So with Ray Schremer, they had the it factor, you know what I'm saying, but they just needed to know certain knowledge, you know what I'm saying. They already had it on the music thing, you know what I'm saying. So when you when you find an artist that has like the it factor, that's already dope, that's already talented as fuck, and can make dope songs or whatever, and they listen, you know what I'm saying. And all you're doing is giving them more and more knowledge to put in their, you know what I'm saying, to put in their, to put in their head to to do more, you know what I'm saying. It just, I already knew, okay. Is no limit with these guys, you know what I'm saying? Because they're humble enough to listen. Most people know, most people be like, oh, no, I'm the shit, I ain't got to hear nothing. You know what I'm saying? But like I said before, a mastermind is a collective of minds, you know what I'm saying? And that's just what it is, you know what I'm saying? So it's like with Ray Schremer, I knew, boom, this got to be the first artist off of Eardrummers, off of Eardrummers Entertainment, period, because, you know what I'm saying? Like, they got, they one, they got the swag, two, they got the energy, you know what I'm saying? Three, their music is amazing. And four, they're humble enough to listen. Listen, You know what I'm saying? And then we already got the movement, so it's like a full package. How did you discover them in the first place? Man, they were they were from Tupelo, Mississippi. And one of the other producers from, from Air Drummers was from Tupelo, Mississippi as well. And um, his cousin was actually their DJ and grew up with them. And they were, at the, they were already at his crib working. I was like moving around at the time. You know what I'm saying? They were at his crib working and he was just telling me about him. I came in town. First time I saw him, I'm like, man, dog, these dudes is hard as fuck. You know what I'm saying? But a lot of times when you run into people that's hard like that, like I said, they're hard headed. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know what I'm saying? You can't really have a conversation with them. You know what I'm saying? So after you see how talented somebody is, you got to see mentally like, Man, am I gonna be able to work with this person? You know what I'm saying? Like, or is this person gonna go get locked up or go do some crazy shit next week? You know what I'm saying? But they were humble kids, just really ready to win, really ready to work, and they they're already forward thinkers. You know what I'm saying? So like, when we first signed them to Interscope, man, I used to tell Interscope like, yo, man, do you understand what we got here? Like, this is the hood in sync. Like, this is the hood Backstreet Boys. Like, this is the most ratchet that pop is going to get, period. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? There's nobody in pop that can get this ratchet, and there's nobody in hip-hop that can get this pop, period. You know what I'm saying? So, these guys are groundbreakers, you know what I'm saying? I don't even, like, all these interviews that's not that's not on the HD camera, take it off. Because these guys are so 2030, every interview got to be HD, Everything gotta be just next level, you know what I'm saying? Like they need pop looks, like you know what I'm saying? They got a they got a sense of humor, they got they got swag, they got you know what I'm saying? They they got everything. They need to be on ESPN doing interviews. They need to be here, 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 because they're fun. You know what I'm saying? And and that was a whole thing, like when when we we're when we we're like the whole team, like we we're like the whole thing about Ray Schremer, they was just like, man, we're just gonna make everything fun. You know what I'm saying? Like just fun, fun, fun. Everybody wanna be the hardest, or everybody wanna look the meanest, or everybody wanna be the realest. You know what I'm saying? Let's just do some fun shit where everybody can just forget about that shit right quick and just have fun in this motherfucker and just feel good. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, 
You know what I'm saying? The plan from the jump. So, you know what I'm saying? If they got a beat from A+, that's the approach they're they doing. If they get a beat from me, if they get a beat from P. Nasty, Mars, whoever from the camp, you know what I'm saying? That's just what it was. And 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 what it was is like, we just used the resources at hand. This is like right when I signed my label deal. Mm-hmm. It's like, like you said, when, when, when things go zig, I go zag. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, after Miley Cyrus, it was like, okay, boom, I done did, I done produced all these songs. You know what I'm saying? With, you know what I'm saying? All these different, you know what I'm saying? Artists or whatnot. Rihanna, 2 Chains, you know what I'm saying? Gucci. Boom. All right. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to go to Miley Cyrus. Okay. I just executive produced Miley Cyrus album. Boom. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Now I got my own label. You know what I'm saying? Now I got my own label. Okay. Boom. I'm going to sign my own artist. You know what I'm saying? And we got multiple different artists, but we're like, okay, which artist we're going to roll out first? Okay. Boom. It's Ray Shimmer. Now the whole team, our whole team is just focused on it. You know what I'm saying? Just from the artwork to everything. Because when I first met Ray Schremer, the name was Sway. You know what I'm saying? It was Sway Lee, it was Jimmy Sway, and it was Bubbo Sway. You know what I'm saying? But like salute to Sway in the morning, but it's already a Sway. You know what I'm saying? So that name just didn't hit hard enough. So like Ray Schremer was like a name that I came up with for like a rock band. I wanted to sign a rock band one time and I just wanted it to be ear drummers backwards and it was Ray Schremer. And then I asked them like what they felt about it and they were like, man, that shit hard. I was like, that shit, I was like, man, I just feel like that name matches y'all way more because y'all are like rock stars and y'all need like a name that like sticks out because y'all y'all are going to stick out like a motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, man, they were like, man, bro, man, we need to do that. Ray Schremer is hard. I was like, man, people not gonna know how to say it. People not, people not gonna know how to read it. So, you know what I'm saying? Me and B Wright were on the phone, and um, and we were just talking. I was like, hey, bro, first artwork, we don't even need to put their faces on there. It, it goes back to that mystique. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just the way I think. You know what I'm saying? Like, it goes back to that mystique. So I'm like, don't put their faces on there. Just put Ray Schremer. And, and you know what I'm saying? Yellow background, red writing. It's loud as fuck. You're gonna pick it up and just be like, what what does it say? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and that's just what it was. I was the original plan. And then more and more people want to know if it was one person, if it was two people, right. if it was kids, if it was you know what I'm saying, what was going on. Yeah. Then when they saw the no flex on video, I was just like, Yo, what the fuck is this? Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was groundbreaking. And then from there, you know what I'm saying? It was just like no type. And then like, you know what I'm saying? They were hit makers. So it was all about the rollout plan. Right. But, you know, there was a lot of people who, you know, like Ebro and people who didn't who want. that? <laughs> he's, he's some guy in New York um, who, you know, didn't take, you know, them as seriously, even though they're number three on a complex albums of the year. Man, you know? but look, Ebro didn't take them serious from the jump. I brought, the, I brought Ebro no... Ebro no flex on the same day I brought on by the world with with um the song by the world that I put out with Kendrick Wayne and Future and um I let him hear no flex on he was like I mean yeah it's cool it's cool I'm like man bro this is a hit bro he was like nah I mean it's cool it's like it, it is a hit it's like it's like um it's like the um yayo song it's like the song yayo you know what I'm saying it's like the same kind of song as that. I'm like I'm not I'm not I'm not trying to compare it to any song or you know what I'm saying not any song I'm just saying that this song right here is a hit. He was like, I mean it's cool, it's cool, man, man, whatever. You know what I'm saying? I'm not gonna go back and forth with this guy. You know what I'm saying? But then later on, he's tried to say that they didn't write their own raps and all that different kind of stuff, but they do. Like you know what I'm saying? Sway Lee and Jimmy, that's all they do is work. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's one thing you can't instill in somebody. You can't expect uh, a one terabyte drive to do what a four terabyte drive does. You know what I'm saying? Like, at the end of the day, you know what I'm saying? Like, a four terabyte drive is going to be bigger than a one terabyte drive. You can't, you can't make a one terabyte drive do that. You know what I'm saying? So, at the end of the day, they already were four terabyte drives. They already had the drives to goddamn go hard. All they needed was the equipment and a little bit of money and a little bit of time. And they all they're gonna do is record. And 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 the proof is in the pudding. And like even when they were with me, I was telling them, man, same thing that gets you your first check is gonna get you every other check. You know what I'm saying? So like now, Ray Shrimmer is fucking massive right now. But when you when when they get home, any free time they get. At the hotel or whatever they're recording, I don't have to tell them to do that because they're already four terabytes. I get that feeling already. I get that feeling already from. Give it up for the four terabyte drives. I already got that feeling. Uh, I was recently watching the Tim Westwood freestyle they do, where they're just going in off the top of the dome, twenty minutes straight, and it's like it could what they're freestyling could be like five songs. Man, they'll do it right now, FaceTime. 20 minutes, bro. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to tell you. That's that four terabyte, bro. It's like, it's dead for real. Like, anytime, if I call Sway Lee right now, he's going to be like, man, I ain't doing shit at the crib, <laughs> at the crib recording. I put on everything. Yeah. If I call Jimmy, if I call Jimmy right now, I'll be like, man, what you doing? Man, shit, man. I'm trying to get in the studio. Hey, bro, you, hey, what studio we can go to? We in Atlanta. What studio? Da da da. You know what I'm saying? It's nonstop. And and then Sway Lee has a setup in his bedroom. So every morning he wakes up, that's all he does all day. You know what I'm saying? When he goes and all the way to he tripping over shit and falling, you know what I'm saying? And then he like, oh shit, I gotta go to sleep. And then he'll go to sleep. And then and then it'll just be like, boom, you know what I'm saying? He'll go to sleep, then he'll wake up and be right back to recording. Or Jimmy, man, I'm at this studio. Shit, we gotta fly at six in the morning. <laughs> Man, I'm about to slide over there right quick. It's 1 a.m. Then you got to fly there at 6 in the morning? Yeah, I'm just going to come over there right quick. Oh, this the beat This the beat you want me to get on? All right, bet. Boom, rap on that beat. You got any more beats? Boom. You know what I'm saying? That's just how, how they are, man. And, and, I, and I never told them, hey, y'all better stay in there. Y'all better rap and rap and rap and rap. You know what I'm saying? Like, they just went hard. You know what I'm saying? And I find that that's very in line with, like, the the classic like hip hop work level you know like being able to freestyle and like they they check off all those boxes but people assume they're not on that level just because they're southern rappers still in 2016 people still think that you know and I Man, wonder why like, that is that's like cavemen <laughs> you know what I'm saying or that's like people that's still racist it's just like you know what I'm saying you just gotta let them be who they are and how they think you know what I'm saying like certain people just think. Way in the past, they look at an iPhone and be like, "Oh shit, I don't even know what the fuck to do with this." You know what I'm saying? Like those, like the same people that use flip phones. You know what I'm saying? So it's like we don't even pay those kind of people no attention. We we more we more do it for the people that's more in tune, or or for the people that's forward thinkers, or for the people that's more like 2020, 2030 that's trying to do shit forward. You know what I'm saying? Like people that's like, "Oh, they're from Tupelo, Mississippi. They can't rap. How you know?" Only other person you know from Tupelo, Mississippi is Elvis. So shit, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't know any other rappers. So now that these guys are out, now you might need to pay attention. Like, oh shit, Tupelo, Mississippi got rappers. Or you're going to look at it like, oh, they're from the South. They can't rap. That's retarded. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, that's like, nah, that's just retarded. You know what I'm saying? But region ain't never really set 
on how somebody could rap because the outcast was from the south and you know what I'm saying? They south are, got they, something to say. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And I want to I want to play something that a lot of people would not expect, you know, or didn't expect at the time that Sway Lee could do. And it's a really very big track that you guys did together. I'm just going to yeah. play it for the people. It was Ray Shrimmer. I think I know what you're about to play. It was both of them. Both of them. Yeah. Because a lot of people say it's just Sway. Yeah, because Sway came up with the with the hook line. And it's big. Yeah. So that was Formation by Beyonce, as if I have to tell you that, but um, I do. Um, your sister's a drum major. The police anthem. Yes, yes, yes. They, they, they made it that. Um, your sister's a drum major. What does she think of that beat? Because it's got that. Oh yeah, my sister. Yeah, she, she got that vibe. That. Yeah, she fuck with that. She <laughs> fuck with yeah. She fuck with the tough. So tell me the story behind for formation. Man, we were just on our way to Coachella, and um, I was just playing beats in the car on the aux, and then and then like Sway Lee and Jimmy. We were it was me, Sway Lee, Jimmy, and I, it was the first year we went to Coachella, and I was just playing beats in the car. And then Beyonce had already reached out to me to like send some music, and then I had sent a couple couple ideas, and I was just playing some playing some beats, and then we we're just like we just mess around and freestyle. Like I might even freestyle with them, just like throwing out different ideas. You know what I'm saying? That's the same way we came with like X Bitch on um on Shrimp First album, but we were just like freestyling, and then Sway Lee had Sway Lee had said, okay, let, now let's get information. Uh, Okay, now let's get in from and I was like, man, what if you said, okay, ladies? He was like, okay, okay, ladies. Now I'm like, man, that might be hard for Beyonce, bro. And he was like, man. And then I was like, man, recording the voice note. And then he was just he recorded what, what that is part. voice note. Like on your on your iPhone, you got a voice notes. You know what I'm saying? I got a whole I got a whole motherfucking catalog in this motherfucker. <laughs> but yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like voice notes is just Word. like. You just record some shit real quick, whatever's on your head, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? But um, we had recorded that shit, and then when we when we got back to L.A., you know what I'm saying, we had went to the studio, and that's when we did, we went to the studio, and we did Drinks On Us, and then um, I was like, yo, what about that, what about that um, idea we came with in the car, that formation? And and one thing about Sway Lee, once he records a voice note, it's not guaranteed that he's going to record it for real. He might be like, ah, oh, no, no, I was just fucking around, I was just fucking around, woo he might not do it. And I was like, man, bro, you got to record that one voice note, that that formation. I'm telling you, that shit might work for Beyonce. So he went in and he did like a whole nother freestyle to the beat, but he ended up laying that formation part. Then Jimmy just went in the booth and Jimmy said, if you fuck me good, I'll take your ass to Margiela. You know what I'm saying? And he was just, and he was just rapping and shit. And then like, I just took, I just took that reference track and just sent it to Beyonce along with a couple other reference tracks. And, um, I had ran into her one night and um we were just chopping it up and then she was like she was like, Yo, you know what? I really like the idea of formation that you sent. I was like, Yo, that's dope, man. I was like, you know what I was thinking? I was like, man, when I when I was with Shrim, man, we were just talking about it, like that could be like a big song for like the females, like, you know what I'm saying? Like get information about the dudes that you messing with first, or like get in line, you know what I'm saying? Like get information or like, you know what I'm saying? It could be like a big woman empowerment song. And she was just like, Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then we just start chopping it up about different things. And then um 
Next thing you know, she takes it and makes it like a culture empowerment thing. You know what I'm saying? Like bigger than just females, just like a culture empowerment thing. And then they called us to New York to like finish like the production or whatnot. And then like I was just telling her like different harmonies that I was hearing that she could add or like, you know what I'm saying? Different, my, my different inputs, you know what I'm saying? Outputs or whatever, you know what I'm saying? That um, I felt like the record could do. And we were just going back and forth for like a week. And then... She ended up like, and we did that. We finished that song last summer, and she was gonna put it out um, at Made in America. Mm. And then um, she was trying to debate was she gonna shoot the movie, or was, or did she just wanna? Cause she loved the song so much, she was like, I just need to put it out before something happens, before it leaks, or like some just uh, before it gets old to me or something. I just need to put it out. But she was like, man, I'm, I'm thinking about shooting this movie. Da da. So she ended up, you know, what I'm saying going with the movie idea. And then she held formation. I was, and I, I remember I hit up, um, I hit up, I hit up Jay, and I was just like, man, I'm like, man, what's the word? No, no, no. Jay, Jay just randomly hit me on the email. We, we talked on email. He just randomly hit me. He was just like, um, man, I'm out here working for us on the check in. Peace to the gods. So I didn't know what that meant. I was just like, man, salute. I said, salute, big dog. You know what I'm saying? And then. Um, I hit up um, my guy, Big John, who connected me and Beyonce and me and Jay-Z. And I was like, man, what's the word on the um, formation song? Like, I hope she ain't catch cold feet on it, man. That song's still hard. He was like, no, no, no. She ain't catch cold feet, but everything's like top secret. Right. So next thing you know, Beyonce called me to like one of her rehearsals. And then um, I went over there. It was in L.A. And she was rehearsing for the Super Bowl. And the Super Bowl was like next week. And then she was like, yo, we, 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 about to, we about to perform this at the Super Bowl next week. I'm like, shit. And then, and then she was like, she was like, and then we're going to shoot the video. No, she said, we're going to shoot the video next week, and then we're going to perform it at the Super Bowl the week after that. And I was like, damn. And she was like, we're going to put it out in between there. I'm like, so you're going to shoot the video, put it out, and then perform at the Super Bowl? And then she was like, Yeah. I was like, damn, how the hell is she going to get the videos edited? You know what I'm saying? Because I can't get my guys to edit that quick. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I was like, man, I'm like, yo, how is she going to get it edited? So she did it. She did exactly what she said, exact dates, and everything dropped, and it just broke. Everything just broke. She broke the internet. She broke the fucking cable. She broke everything. <laughs> and then it was just like, man, it, like formation just went up. You know Do, what I'm saying? So it, can you tell me about um, but she wrote when, all you her wa- when you watched the Super Bowl? Oh yeah, I was um I was at Jimmy Iovine's crib, you know what I'm saying? No, I was at DJ's DJ's crib and uh Jimmy Iovine was over there and like I was in the room with like man, man it was like I don't, I don't even remember the guy's names, man, but if I said their names people would be like, "Oh yeah, that's the guy who does this." But it was all billionaires, you know what I'm saying? It was like five billionaires like they they man, they like bet I don't know, they like bet millions on the game damn near like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, that's how I felt. I'm just in there. I never felt so, you know what I'm saying, so little, you know what I'm saying, or so, so, I didn't, I never felt like I had so much hard work to do. Well, no, I felt like that my whole life, but just in that room, I was just like, damn. So I'm just watching it, and then Jimmy was like, hey, she's doing your song tonight, right? And I was like, yeah. And then he was like, okay, okay. Then 
then the song just played and that, and that shit just opened my eyes, man. And everything just played back. Tahoe, Gucci Man, um, Gucci Man Studio Days, uh, you know what I'm saying? Building my team. And then I did that song with my boy A Plus from high school, you know what I'm saying? And it just felt good to like, you know what I'm saying, do a song with him that made it to the Super Bowl. Like the Super Bowl Super Bowl is like a milestone. Like it's like when we were working on Miley's album, the crazy thing was it was like an inside joke, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, one time I like, like we would always do a song. We'd be like, "Yo, this shit could play at the Super Bowl. This shit could play at the Super Bowl." Like every time me and Miley would do a song. So then, um, like one time, me, her, and Future were in the studio, and, and then me and Future were like, "Yo, this song is big. Like this song is big." And then Miley was like lighting a bomb, and then she was like, "Man, she was like, man, this shit the Super Bowl." <laughs> And then, like she inhaled, she inhaled like a big ass rip of the bong, and like that was like an inside joke from then on. So like every time we would hear like a hard song, she'd be like, she'd be like Super Bowl, you know what I'm saying? Even if she don't have a bong. So then like all that shit's just playing in my head while I'm watching it, while I'm watching the fucking Beyonce performance. I'm just like, damn, Super Bowl. And she actually, she actually texted Molly, had texted me and was like Super Bowl with hella exclamation points with like smoking shit, and then and then fucking um. And I was just like, everything just played back and it was just like, damn, hard work pays off, you know what I'm saying? And like, you know what I'm saying? We still we still got a long way to go because hard work paid off on the production side. You know what I'm saying? I went from just making beats, teaching myself how to make beats, to making beats, to trying to make the hardest beat, to trying to get a beat to an artist, to trying to get, you know what I'm saying? Um, that song that I did with the artist on a mixtape, to, you know what I'm saying, trying to get a song that I did with another artist on the album, you know what I'm saying, to then trying to make a hit record, you know what I'm saying, then understanding producing and trying to make sure my mixing and, and you know what I'm saying, mastering and everything was forward pushing and was edge pushing. Like me and my, me and my engineer, any big project we have, we fall out at the end every time. It never fails, you know what I'm saying, because like he, his name is Jason Joshua. He works in L.A. He worked like he makes it for Justin Bieber, he makes it for the biggest people. You know what I'm saying? But every time I'm always like, no, nah, turn the bass up, turn the bass up. No, 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 it gotta come up some more. I'm telling you guys. And then he's looking at the frequencies and shit. He's like, bro, I can't do anything else. There's no more room. There'll be no more room for mastering. I'm, I don't give a fuck. I, I'm not looking at that. I'm hearing it, and I'm telling you, turn it up. Like you know what I'm saying? It's not right. You know what I'm saying? And me and him will go back and forth. He's like, okay, if you want it to sound like shit, I'm like, yo, if you're gonna make it sound like shit, I don't want you to mix it. You know what I'm saying? And we'll just go back and forth. It never fails until we get the song how we want it, and then it ends up sounding dope. You know what I'm saying? And then, like, um, so like, you know what I'm saying? Just all the way from like all those steps to like teaching myself how to make beats and everything in between, and just producing and understanding. You know what I'm saying? Different things about music. And then like boom, you know what I'm saying? Beyonce, like, that was like a that was like a milestone. Like I always want to work with like Beyonce, like, or I always want to work with like Adele. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's like that's like the holy grail. That's like, yo, how the fuck like can I get in the studio with Beyonce or like Adele? So when they said Beyonce wanted to work, I'm like, yo, man, we gotta make a hit. You know what I'm saying? Like we gotta make a hit. And that's what we did. And it was just dope to see it all, you know what I'm saying, play out. And you know what I'm saying? See her like go in the Super Bowl and actually actually like kill the performance with my favorite band, Coldplay. 
It was just, a, it was really like a dream, and I'm just in here with amongst like all these billionaires, you know what I'm saying? So it was really like a dream. I'm just like, man, somebody punch me, man, or like pinch me or something, you know what I'm saying? Because it, it just, it didn't even seem real, but you know what I'm saying? It just, it just showed like the hard work, you know what I'm saying? Finally paid is like, well, it's not finally paid off because everything, I'm, I'm like gracious for everything, but it just showed how far like we didn't came and like, you know what I'm saying? Still like, still yet how far we got to go because one day I want to see Ray Schremer performing Black Beatles on, on the Super Bowl, you know what I'm saying? Like, that'd be like crazy, you know what I'm saying? And, um, and it's crazy that you mentioned all those like, you know what I'm saying? Like Rhapsody and like Beethoven and, and like things like that. Cause like even when I was going to Georgia State, that's one thing that we had to learn, like music theory, you know what I'm saying? And different stuff like that. We had to go all the way back to 1800 and different stuff like that. And like, and um, our teacher used to like play stuff and be like, we used to have to be like, yo, that's Bach. Or, or yo, that's Beethoven. Or yo, that's da da. And I, and, I, and I remember the first test we had. My teacher told us that was gonna be the style of the test. And I, I used to ask him, I had to ask him when the whole class left, like, yo, how do you really expect us to know? You know what I'm saying? Like, you really expect us to know? Like, this is ba He was like, so when you listen to the radio, do you know it's Big Sean? Do you know what's Jay-Z? Do you know who's Gucci Man? I'm like, yeah. He said, okay then, so go do your homework. <laughs> and you know what I'm saying? When he said that, like, that shit just stuck with me. And then that's when I started, I think that's when I started, like, hearing, like, music like a little bit like kind of different you know what I'm saying and that that subconsciously that kind of helped me on the production side you know what I'm saying so knowledge is key man from the Tahoe to the Super Bowl you dig I think that's to a Red place. Bull to Canada to, yeah for real I'd like to thank Mike Wilmated for coming in yeah appreciate that RBMA out yeah Hey, this is Todd Burns again. Thanks for listening to Couch Wisdom. Before you go, I just wanted to take a moment to tell you a bit about the Red Bull Music Academy. The whole thing is a world-traveling series of music workshops and events. If you want to find out more, check us out at redbullmusicacademy.com. Also, if you liked what you heard on this podcast and you're not already subscribed, please go for it and consider rating us while you're at it. It really helps other people discover the podcast. Finally, there's a whole other world of great music programming like this to check out at redbullradio.com. Okay, enough URLs for now. Thanks for listening. <laughs>